And good morning. I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson. So glad to see all of you here today at South Park Church, whether you're worshiping with us here in person in our modern sanctuary or whether you're downstairs worshiping live in our traditional space, we welcome you into the service as well. And those of you watching online, thank you for joining us. Uh, I miss being with you the past couple of Sundays. Just want to thank you uh, for allowing me and my family some time off to go. And we had a chance to sneak away to the beach and just kind of get renewed and refreshed. And we're back and we're glad to be with you. We, we missed you a lot. I just want to say a special thanks to Pastor Lindsay uh, for preaching such awesome messages the past couple of Sundays as she always does. And to Cole and the band and to Dr. Katie Ann and Nanye and the choir for doing just some amazing songs that, as Chris said, we don't usually sing on Sundays, but that go along with our sermon series. And we're looking for songs that you all wrote down on surveys that you wanted to hear a sermon about. Uh, that would how we connect those songs that we love to biblical truth, and so we continue doing that today. And I hope you had a lot of fun. We're having a lot of fun doing that. Uh, want to shift gears in today's message, and I uh, just want to share a story that my wife shared with me as we were thinking about this song "All Star." When she was in college, she worked uh, part time at a job in the local mall in like a, a gift store, kind of a high end gift store. And when she was in the mall, she'd take her lunch break out in the food court, and she got to meet all kinds of people working in the mall from other stores, that kind of thing. Well, this guy asked her out. This is way before I knew Laura. She knew me. And so she decided to go out on a date with this guy that worked in another store in the mall and went to this nice restaurant there. And, uh, and when they got there, what happened behind the scenes that Laura didn't know was that a second guy, a different guy who worked in the mall in another store, a third store, Heard about the buzz, you know how things get in, in small situations, people, everybody knows everybody. So the, the second guy found out that Laura's going out with this other guy, and he was jealous because he wanted to ask Laura out, but I guess he hadn't done that. So Laura and this guy she's on a date with are at the restaurant eating, and Laura looks up, and that second guy from the mall comes in and stands behind the guy that Laura's eating lunch with on this date and puts the L up and says, Loser! Loser, you're having a lunch with a loser, and then ran out. <laughs> Who's the loser in that situation? Let me ask you that question. So anyway, kind of threw Laura for a loop, and I don't even know if she told the guy that she's on the date with that that had happened, but uh, I thought that was an interesting real-life experience, and I'm glad that she didn't marry either one of those guys. So it worked out for me in the long run anyway, but... Today, I want to ask you internally to think about this question. Have you ever felt like a loser? Seriously, ever felt like a loser? Maybe you're feeling like a loser right now, something not going right in your life. Ever felt like a loser? Maybe romantically. Maybe in your job that you just can't cut it. Maybe at school the grades aren't coming. Maybe it's uh, as a relationship, I'm just I'm not doing a good job as a parent or a grandparent. Maybe financially you're not making it, right? Maybe athletically you're not good enough to make the team. Maybe musically you're not good enough to make the band, right? Maybe you're struggling with an addiction that you can't beat and it just keeps beating you again and again and again and again. In your life, when have you felt like a loser with the capital L on your forehead? It's kind of like the universe is standing behind you like that guy was standing behind the guy that was on the date with Laura and the universe has just got the big L saying, loser, loser, and you just feel like you can't shake that in your life. Maybe you feel like a loser because of the way the world treats you because of your skin color or your gender 
or your age or the way that you dress or can only afford to dress? When have you felt like a loser in your life? Are you feeling like that right now? And I know that if you're like me and, and we're honest, we know what that feels like. And it's not any fun. It's not any fun at all. That's why I love this song today. And one of the lyrics, I think the very first one we can kind of connect with, uh, somebody once told me the world is going to roll me, right? The world's after me, the universe is after me, going to mess me up, right? I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed, right? I'm not the best person going here, right? Not the smartest person. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and a thumb in the shape of the L on her forehead, right? This song, in some ways, is a message to people who feel like losers, it was written in 1999. It's done by a group called Smash Mouth. Uh, it was on their second album. If you think about Smash Mouth football, that's really where they got their name from. I don't know how athletic they were, but like, like a Smash Mouth football in your face kind of thing. Uh, 1999, this song was written, and it, it immediately rose to the top of the charts, number one in the U.S. Around the world, it made the top ten charts around uh, other countries in the world listening to the song. It was nominated for a Grammy. Uh, it did not win. It lost to Santana, but it was nominated for a Grammy. So, you know, there you go. That's pretty good stuff. Uh, it's one of my son, Nathan, who's 10 years old. It's one of his favorite songs kind of a thing. It's really became a popular song in pop culture uh, because it started being played in movies like Shrek, the big green ogre, right? That You might remember that song from that. Uh, it was in a lot of memes on the Internet now. Uh, here's one of my favorites. It's a religious meme. Open your Bibles to Psalm. Body once told me. <laughs> I think that is great. My Catholic priest friend, Psalm Body. So every time you read the book of Psalms now, you're probably going to think of that and say, Pastor Kyle, you're killing me. You're killing me. Right. But it's one of the most streamed songs uh, in American history here. It's alternative kind of rock and roll. And the writer was the guitarist, uh, Greg Camp for Smash Mouth. And he said, basically, it's an anthem for outcasts, for people who feel left out, right? Left out of the group, left out of the circle, right? People who are bullied, who are made fun of, the way they dress, the way they look, the way they act, all that stuff that I mentioned to you before. This is an, uh, an, an anthem for outcasts to make them feel better, to say that life is good and that you do matter and that you're not a loser, well, when we feel like losers in our lives, we're not alone in that. There's some major losers that the world would see as losers in the Bible. I want to share just a little bit about their stories with you. You probably have heard some of these people, and I'm saying losers, quote, unquote, as the world might see them. Noah got drunk after he got off the ark and had this bad episode. We usually don't talk about that in children's ministry, but it happened. Um, Abraham lied. Right, Sarah laughed at God. Moses was a murderer. Right, Moses, right, the liberator of the people of Israel, was a murderer. Rahab was a prostitute. We know what that is. Samson had serious lust and anger issues. Remember the guy with the long hair that cut it off and lost his power. Uh, Eli failed as a parent. Uh, he helped shepherd a, 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 another important person in the Bible, but he failed as, as a parent. King David, the greatest king of them all, right in Israel's history, was an adulterer and a murderer. He says, Moses, I see you're a murderer. I'll raise that to adultery, right? 
Elijah struggled with depression. Jonah ran away from God. Peter denied Christ. The apostles, right, the disciples argued about who was the greatest, which really showed how insecure they were in their lives, didn't feel good about themselves. And Jesus, the king of all kings, the son of God, was executed. And so we read the scripture, and we read about everyday people who just happened to live a long time ago, uh, and they're real people like you and me, and they were considered to be losers. So what's the good news today for those of us who feel like an outcast, for those of us who feel like a loser? Let's start with looking at the song, right? All-Star by Smash Mouth, 1999. And a couple of lyrics are interesting. They're kind of prophetic. Let's look at this first one. Um, this is one of the lyrics in the song. It's a cool place, and they say it gets colder. You're bundled up now. Wait till you get older. But the meteor men beg to differ. I think that's like the weathermen on TV. Judging by the hole in the satellite picture, the ice we skate is getting pretty thin. The water's getting warm, so you might as well swim. My world's on fire. How about yours? That's the way I like it, and I'll never get bored. This verse, the author of the song said, is about climate control and global warming. It was written 23 years ago. How prophetic is that? Did you see what happened in the United Kingdom this week? Right? Temperatures are well over 100 degrees. None of them have air conditioning, and they're shutting down school. They're shutting down work. Climate control is a real issue. Uh, that we're having to deal with now. I've read an article from Harvard University this week that said that air conditioning in the future is not going to be just a luxury item. It's going to be a life or death item. People who have it are going to survive and people who don't are not going to survive. And most of the world does not have air conditioning. So interesting prophetic words here. All right, let's look at another verse that they, they write about. This is really kind of prophetic 23 years ago. Somebody once asked, could I spare some change for gas? I need to get myself away from this place. I said, yep, what a concept. I could use a little fuel myself, right? We can all use a little fuel today, right? It doesn't cost $4 a gallon, right? And we could all use a little change, obviously financial change, but also change in our lives. He wants to get out, go away, start over. I think that's a pretty cool thing, kind of. 23-year-old prophetic thing. Uh, we could use some fuel. We could use some change. We could use some gas. But let's keep going to really the part that's the anthem for those of us who feel like outcast. Uh, and this is where we get to the chorus. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Can I get an amen, those of us who are aging? <laughs> that is true. Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running. Didn't make sense to live for fun. Your brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know if you don't go. You'll never shine if you don't blow. The way I interpret that is nonconformity, right? We're fed to the rules. We're supposed to live a certain way, a certain life. If you're not living that certain way, that certain life, then you're a loser. You don't have the right house. You don't have the right car. You don't have the right clothes. You don't go to the right school. Then you're a loser, right? And so... It seems like the band is saying it's okay to go a different route, right? The back streets, you never know if you don't try something. You'll never shine if you don't glow, right? So if you're an outcast, you're not going along with what culture says you should do, then maybe that's okay. And let's keep going with this. And, and here's the whole point of the song. Hey, now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play, right? A sports all-star, go out and do your thing. Hey, now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. All that glitters is gold. Only shooting stars break the mold. 
Right? So if you're an outcast, if you're like a loser, this band is saying you're an all-star. Do your thing. You're a rock star. Do your thing. You're a shooting star. Go out and break the mold. Be who you are. Be who God created you to be. Don't let somebody put you in a box. And if you're not in that box, then you're considered a loser. God, right? this, this writer, this song, this band is saying, hey, you're not an outcast. You're something special. You're an all-star. You're a rock star. You're a shooting star. Don't let the world tell you any differently. Right? It's an anthem. For those of us who feel like outcasts or losers. Well, this series is about, right, current songs or modern songs looking at it from a biblical perspective. What does the Bible say to us when we're feeling like an outcast, when we're feeling like a failure, when we're feeling like a loser? Right, let's see what Scripture says and see how it actually lines up with what this band says in their song. This is from the very first book in the Bible, the book of Genesis, where God is creating everything. God's creating the universe, the sun, the moon, the stars. He created the earth. He's going to create animals. And now God's creating us, humanity, right? the first humans. And this is what the Bible says to us. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image in our likeness, right? Some might say, well, who's us? We worship one God or many gods, right? We see one God in three ways, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? Let us make mankind, humankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created humankind in his own image, in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. This is good news, brothers and sisters. When you feel like an outcast, when you feel like a loser, you can turn to this passage of Scripture and know that you are created in the image of God, and that is a good thing. You are created in the image of God, male or female, and that is a good thing. Right, turn to somebody right now, sit next to you and say, you're created in the image of God. Go ahead and do that. Now turn back to them and say, hey, good looking. <laughs> you are created in the image of God, and that's a good thing. Now, what does it mean to be created in the image of God? Do we look exactly like God? You know, what does that mean? Is that a physical thing? Right? Uh, there's lots of debate and ideas about this biblically that we, you know, where somehow we manifest God's mannerisms, that we're God's representative. You know, sometimes we think about we have the ability, we have consciousness, we can make choices that separates us from the animals. I think all these are good explanations of the image of God. I want to share some of what a biblical commentator that I, I was reading this week, working on this message, says about the image of God. This, this biblical guy says it's a physical manifestation of God's essence, that God's essence is in us physically, right? We're, we're representatives of God in the world, that we reflect the attributes of God. We can be like God. We can forgive people. We can love people. We can be life-giving to people. We can bring goodness into the world because we are in God's image, right? We, we reflect God's attributes, right? We can be an agent on God's behalf in the world. Right? It's a physical representative of God. Right? We physically represent God in the world rather than looking physically like God. Right? So it's not necessarily like a snapshot, but we're, we're like God's agents in the world, created in God's image. We have God-like qualities in us. We're, we have goodness inside of us, and we can bring that good into the world. Right? How can we be losers when that's true about us? Right? 
couple more things, right? We have the capacity to develop and to mature in the image of God, right? So we're created in the image of God, but we can grow in the image of God, right? So it's kind of like we're baby images of God, but we can grow into teenager images of God. We can become adult images of God. We can grow in our godliness in our lives, right? So we start out good, but we can even grow more, right? We can transform, right? God can help us become the people that we are created to be. I think that's pretty cool, right? And we have reason and a conscious, right, a sense of right and wrong, self-awareness. We understand ourselves and spiritual development. These things help us, right, grow in the image of God. Uh, and some of us, we'll get to this in a minute, well, all of us experience sin, right? Doing the wrong thing stains the image of God, but it doesn't do away with that, right? So we're creating this image of God. We can grow in the image of God. And think about it. Think about people that you know who have children, and, like, when they're little kids, they, they try to act like their parents, right? They, they try to dress like them, or if they're little, they like, oh, want to shave or put on makeup like mom or dad, you know. And they, they try to look and be like their parents. And as they grow into teenagers or they grow into adults, they, they also act like their parents, right? Um, my family got together yesterday to celebrate my parents' 55th wedding anniversary, the Emerald anniversary. We're really excited about that. And... Uh, it was good to see my brother and his family, and, you know, our family was there. And I was just looking at my brother and looking at me, and I can see, like, physically we look like our parents. But just watching my brother and, and, and thinking about myself, like, we've also become our parents, you know. <laughs> it's like we say it would never happen, but it's happened in, in, in good ways, in, in ways probably that, that, that we might be embarrassed about, you know. But it's fun things, like, but we've matured, and we more reflect our parents as we get older, right. It's going to happen to you whether, whether you know it or not, right. That can happen with us in our relationship to God. The more we're in a relationship to God, the more we look like God, act like God, and grow as Christians, right? So, so we grow in this image. We're created in the image, but we can also grow in the image. So there's something just inherently good inside of us that we've been created, the image of God. So no one can call you a loser when you're really created in the image of God. Now, the challenge, that last thing that, that we had up here on the screen was, well, what about the issue of sin, right? Sin meaning we choose to do wrong things. We hurt other people. We hurt our relationship with God. We hurt ourselves. We, we do wrong things in the world. How does that relate to the image of God? What the Bible teaches us is that we're creating the image of God, but when we do sin and when we do wrong things, that we stain that image, Right? It's kind of like you get a bad stain on, you know, on some white clothing that you have. It's going to be hard to get that out, right? It doesn't eradicate the image of God. The image of God is still inside of us. It's just become stained, and it needs to be cleaned. And we need to be restored in the image of God that we've been created. We're going to talk about that next week. So I'll help you come back and talk about, let me talk with you about what it looks like to have the stain of sin removed from the image of God that we're created in. But I want to give you a sneak peek of that. And you might have seen this passage of Scripture before from John's Gospel. These are the words of Jesus. Right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him shall not die but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Right? So Jesus came to die and to come back to life to help us get rid of the stain of sin that kind of stains the image of God that we're creating. And we're going to talk about that next week. And, and it's one of our core values is transformation. God meets us where we are, loves us, and helps us to become who we were created to be.
the full image of God, right? God meets us where we are, helps us become who we were created to be, right? And that's transformation. And so we're excited about that in, in the sense of this as, as we think about that. But um, a couple more things about the image of God. I love this quote that we've got here. Being made in the image of God confers on us dignity, entrusts with us responsibility, and implants in us the capacity to mirror our creator. Melissa, if you'll just leave that up for a minute. I want to talk about this. I'm going to jump here. Being created in the image of God entrusts us with responsibility. There's goodness in us that the world needs. And so if we've been created to be like God, we need to act like God in the world. We, we need to be forgiving in the world. We need to be peacemakers in the world. We need to be loving in the world. We need to be patient in the world. We need to be life-giving and affirming and encouraging. We are responsible to take what we've been created to do and to do it. Right? All of us have been created in this image of God to make the world a better place because God lives in us. Right? And so that's our responsibility, not to hide that image, but to share that image wherever we find ourselves. Right? So that's important. It also says that we, let's come back, are implanted with the capacity to mirror our creator, right? So we're creating the image of God. We can be like God, but we can also grow to be more like God, right? Just like my brother and I have become more like our parents as, as we've grown, right? The more we are in relationship to God, the more we will look like God and act like God and think like God, right? The more we're around God and spend time with God, then we reflect God more to the world. Now, we're not saved by our action. We don't earn God's love. We don't earn any of this. But it's just the fact of us hanging out with God makes us more like God. Right? If you hang out with good people, you're probably going to be better people. If you hang out with people who are getting in a lot of trouble, you're probably going to get in a lot of trouble. Right? So the more we hang with God, the more in relationship to God, the capacity to be like God grows. Right? So we move from baby Im image of God to teenage image of God to mature image of God. Right? We grow in this image. We have this capacity, and the Holy Spirit helps us do that. Right? Simply being in the presence of God, reading Scripture, worshiping God, serving God, all those kind of things. So we have the capacity to be like God right? and to grow in that. And I want to spend another thing on dignity. Let's go to the next slide now, Melissa. All deserve to be treated with the dignity that the image of God affords. You deserve to be treated with the dignity of someone who's been created in the image of God. But so too do the people in your life, right? All people deserve to be treated with the dignity that the image of God affords. I think in our society that we don't live this out very much, right? Our society tells us how to treat different people differently. Right? We treat this group like trash. We treat this group kind of like so-so. We treat this group like royalty. Right? But in Scripture, it teaches us that all of us have an inherent dignity because we've been created in the image of God. And we owe it to each other to treat each other accordingly. Whether you're scrubbing toilets or you're a CEO sitting in a high tower, you know, downtown, uptown Charlotte, you know, running a major corporation. Right? Whether you're black or white or red or yellow, whether you're male or female or you're five years old or you're 95 years old, we all have the same dignity because we've been created in the image of God. What would our world look like if we treated each other with that image of God? Rather than seeing whatever comes to mind when you see someone, you size them up based on what they look like, what they're wearing, how they're talking, what they're driving, where they live, 
image of God is the great equalizer. We're all equal before God, right? And it's important for us to remember. We think about like those quote-unquote losers in the Bible. I had that list, right? All the murderers and adulterers and all the people struggling with that stuff. You know, if you've read any of Scripture, right, that those people that are on those lists are the heroes of the Bible. Right? They're the heroes of the Bible. They're Noah, right? Moses, Abraham, and Sarah, right? Rahab, all these people, Jesus and Peter and the disciples, right? David, everybody that was considered a loser and an outcast, God said no. I see someone who's special, who's created in my image. And do I like that they're murderers? No. Do I like that they're adulterers? No. I'm going to work with you on that. There's consequences to face. There's forgiveness, right? And there's a better way to live your life, a happier way to live your life. And so God came to these people and said, I believe in you. I see something better in you, right? And they cooperated and they were forgiven, right? And they were granted, right, the opportunity to be godlike and to change the world. Right? And so if it wasn't too late for them, it's not too late for us. If it wasn't too late for them, it's not too late for us. We feel like losers. They felt like losers. God says, I see a winner, and God used them to change the world. We still talk about them. Right? They're our, our faith, right? Our fathers and mothers and right? patriarchs and matriarchs, right? They're our heroes. And so if God can take someone who the world considers a loser and make them into a hero, then God can do that for us as well. So what's the point today? What's the takeaway? What's the big idea? That's what I think it is, right? You matter to God, and that's what matters. You matter to God because you were created in God's image. No one can call you a loser because you're created in the image of God, right? And that's what matters. I know we want other people's affirmation. We want other people's love, and that's important to a point. But what really matters is what the God of the universe thinks about you. You matter to God because that's who God created you to be. You matter to God because you're creating the image of God. You're not a loser, right? You're a rock star. You're an all-star. Get your game on, go play, right? You matter to God. You're created in the image of God. Never let anyone tell you differently. Never let anyone tell you differently. You matter to God, and that's what matters, right? So here's some action steps I invite you to think about this week. If you struggle with feeling like an outcast, if you struggle with feeling like a loser, right, one of them is to glitter and glow for God, just like the song says, right? Take your image of God and show it to the world, right? Be God-like, be loving, be forgiving, be life-giving, be encouraging, be empowering, be patient, be kind, right? Be a peacemaker, right? Speak goodness into the world, right? Be who God created you to be and share the goodness with the world that comes from having the image of God, right? Another thing that we can do. Right? Treat everyone with the dignity that being created in God's image deserves. Everyone. The person who cuts you off in traffic that you want to strangle and give the bird to, right? The mean sales lady at the, at the mall or in the airport. Uh, the people who are coming after us and getting on us, right? right? The, the little people, the people that don't matter to the world, treat them with dignity because they are created in the image of God. And you know what it's like to be treated as a small little person in the world, and it doesn't feel good. Treat everyone with the image of God and the dignity that comes with that, right? And then finally, allow yourself to be loved, right? And this is one of the hardest things for us to do, right? Because sometimes we feel like losers. We, we feel like we're not lovable, right? And why would God love me, right? 
when I've done all these things wrong, when I have all these character flaws, when, when I'm struggling with all this, why would God love me? Because God created you in his image. And he understands that you make mistakes. And he's ready to forgive you for that. He's ready to give you a life that is full. He's ready to give you life uh, eternal, right, in all of the heavens. And so allow yourself to be loved, right? For God so loved the world, for God so loved you that he died for you. Because he thinks you're worth dying for. He thinks you're that special. He thinks you're that important, right? So allow that love to come. And I think that, that feeling unloved is probably the biggest problem in the whole world, right? From bullies, right, to successful people, to all in between, right? Why are bullies bullies? Because they haven't been accepted. They haven't been loved somewhere in their life. They feel like an outcast. And because they're hurting, they want to hurt somebody else. And they go and they make fun of them. They, they torture them physically or emotionally, make fun of them, right? And, and I think about people who have succeeded in so many ways and they've overachieved or they're top of their profession and just the world is, is theirs, and yet it's never good enough, right? I've won five world championships. It's not good enough, right? When's it going to be good enough? Who inside are you trying to please? Who are you trying to earn love from that's just not coming no matter what you do, right? I think, I think that's the core value of a lot of pain in our lives is that we just don't feel loved and appreciated for who we are and who God made us to be. Allow yourself to feel love because... God created you in his image. Right, listen to this. God will never love you more or less than right now. God will never love you more or less than right now. No matter how many good things you do, no matter how many bad things you do, he's not going to love you more. He's not going to love you less. God just loves you. Right? Because he created you in his image, because he wants you to be a child of God. Right? God will never love you more or less than right now. That's powerful. Now, you might be happier about the choices you make in your life, and you might be happier about making better choices, but God will never love you any more or less than right now because you don't earn God's love. It's a gift, and he created you in his image, and you're special. So if you're feeling like an outcast, and you're feeling like a loser, you think the universe has got the big L and it's dancing behind your back, right? You're wrong, right? I want you to take away the L in your mind and imagine God standing behind you, and on your forehead is a cross. And God says, I chose you, I chose you, I chose you, because you're my child. I made you in my image, and I died for you. You're not a loser. You've got the cross on your head, and I've got your back. Right? One more time, these lyrics from the song. Hey, now you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Hey, now you're a rock star. Get the show on. Get paid. All that glitters is gold. Only shooting stars break the mold. You're an all-star. You're a rock star, right? You're a shooting star. Go out and live that life knowing that you matter to God, and that's what matters. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.